I got caught up with uh, depression, and I got caught up with um, self-injury, actually. So here I was, kind of a highly functioning individual, but I had a secret story. Welcome to The Shut Up Show. This is the Brave Solopreneurs Podcast, helping you shut up and make shit happen. Inside every episode, you'll hear raw and uncensored conversations with amazing entrepreneurs and thought leaders who bring their best work every day, despite being scared shitless. You'll gain mindset strategies on how to brave through your fears, tactical advice to help you define your shut-up moment, and impact-driven tips inspiring you to live and work on your own terms. I am your host and chief shut-upper of Making Shit Happen, Bernie Shaw. Now, on to today's episode. And we are back for another awesome edition of The Shut Up Show. Guys, I'm sorry I had to put my video out today because we really need to feature our guests. But before I talk about who he is, I just want to thank you again for joining us here every week at The Shut Up Show. If you're new to the show, basically we're all about talking to other brave entrepreneurs about kicking fear to the curb, shutting up, and making shit happen. And today I'm so pleased that I was introduced to this awesome fella who I can't wait to uh, read his book and find out more about what he's up to. But I was introduced to our guest by, you guys have seen him before here on the show, Moran Barakat of Inspiring Innovation Podcast. Moran has been such an amazing community member and supporter of the show. And he, and Karen, I don't think you even knew this, but he actually sent me an email with an mp3 of a voice recording that he left on his phone and he talked to me immediately about how he just got done talking to you and he was so impressed by your story and he said Bernie I really think you need to get this guy on your show so that's how we have our guest today that welcome Carrie Oberbrunner thank you for being here I am thrilled to be here and I need to thank I need to thank him for sending that uh, audio over so glad to be here yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's so intriguing, um, and I'm not sure if you found this yourself, Carrie. It's so intriguing to me how for the past 18 months that I've been doing this podcast and six-plus years that I've been an entrepreneur, I had doubt at the beginning that people would care, you know, that if I showed up every week to do the work I do, that people would actually read my articles on my blog or that people would actually listen and watch the episodes on this show. And, you know, people like Moran who show up and who say, I love what you're doing. I'm there with you. How can I help? And and then even extending that, that extra help by sending me something unsolicited. Wow. It just it just continues to boggle my mind and blow me away. This is the reason why I'm here to do the work I do every week and have a feeling that our conversation may go down that path as well in terms of that part of the conversation. So with that, um, thank you again for being here. Yeah. I really like to level set the conversation by giving people a foundation of who you are and where sure. you come from. I know we're going to talk about that quite extensively through this conversation, but if you could give us a Reader's Digest version of what was the work you were doing before, Carrie, um, yeah. that brought you to the work that you're doing today. Excellent. Well, I can tell even from our emails that we had when we uh, chatted to set this up that you are a very authentic, real, and raw person, correct? Oh, that is absolutely correct. (laughs) Yeah, it's probably an an understatement. So I'm just going to model that uh, because I think that authenticity actually invites authenticity in others. So I'm just going to be, you know, very transparent. Um, 
look, you know, my life, uh, quick story, was just that I grew up in a very good home, you know, great parents and all that stuff. But um, I got caught up with uh, depression, and I got caught up with um, self-injury, actually. So here I was, kind of a highly functioning individual, but I had a secret story, and that was that, you know, I struggled with self-injury, like literally cutting. And in my line of work, where I was at, I was in a faith-based work, and you don't really go up on stage and say, hey, hey, everyone, you know, I struggle with... Um, you know, taking a blade to my body, but look, I had to work through that whole journey, and it's pretty deep, um, but the reality is, is that um, I think in life, we break free of one prison, we experience freedom, and then we find out there's another prison to break free, and it's kind of a, a just an evolution, if you will, of, of us being transformed, and so I moved from self-injury 10 years ago, uh, and found freedom and help and, and healing and, and, you know, just excitement. But then, Bernie, um, I found out I was in another prison, and that was my vocation. And I was stuck in my day job, and so that was another prison that I, I had a break free, and I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about that. And I'm so glad that you did segue there because I, I've been watching all of the things that you're putting out there right now, which is amazing work, and we'll get to that. And I don't think I quite know what the actual day job was that you did yeah, prior yeah. to the coaching, training, speaking, and all of sure. the other awesome stuff you do. You know, and, and that's that's intentional because I know that some people, I'll, I'll definitely tell you, Bernie, but a uh, couple of reasons why I don't lead with that. One is that I feel like if I lead with the day job that I had, which, by the way, I, believe it or not, I was a pastor, okay? And so if you lead with that, it's like, oh, well, that's interesting. Um, not a lot of people can relate because not a lot of entrepreneurs go, not a lot of people go from pastor work to entrepreneurial work. Um, so that's one thing. But the other thing is, you know, I, I love the people that I served. I truly did. But the reality is, is that even environments like faith-based communities can themselves be claustrophobic at times. And I think that we can create walls there just as well as in corporate America. And so I had impact at my other job. See, that's what I want people to realize. Sometimes we get this mentality that, oh, your day job is just absolutely horrible. You know, every single day is torture. For a lot of people, that might be true, but I think for more people, there are elements of their day job that they like, the safety, the security, the familiarity. I use in my book a lot of times, Bernie, this metaphor of Shawshank, Shawshank Redemption, and I'm sure we'll get into that in a moment because I actually wrote the book in Shawshank Prison, which is crazy. It's only 90 minutes from my house. Well, I'm sure we'll talk about that, but here's the interesting thing. If your listeners remember that movie, as crazy as it sounds, a lot of the prisoners, even though they hated it in the beginning, they got used to it. In fact, Morgan Freeman's character, Red, says that these walls are funny. First you hate them, and then you begin to love them, and then you can't live without them. And so I, I think that a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of people that might be on that edge that, that might be your listeners, there's parts of them that are like, dang, I, I just should stay. 
I should stay in my day job because I get a paycheck, I get health insurance, I get, I get, you know, titles. There's less fear, you know. But the thing is, Bernie, at the end of at the end of the day, what I said is, do I want to die a thousand deaths slowly over time, meaning my heart, or do I really want to take a risk and break out of Shawshank? And that's exactly what I did. Holy crap. We're, we're done. <laughs> like, we're done with the episode right there. I mean, th that's a beautiful open and a beautiful close, Carrie. But wow, there's so much packed into that little sure. piece of background. And, and thank you so much for being authentic and open and, and honest with me about what you were doing in your day job. And somehow I had a feeling that it was meant to kind of be uncovered. <laughs> you know, yeah, because, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but here, here's my feedback on, this is my personal feedback, uh, you know, in, in the work that I've been doing, I, I, I jumped out of corporate sales um, sure. in 2008 and I became a life coach, not really knowing what life coaching yeah. was, but my goal, my dream was to actually become a motivational speaker, which now wow. I call it inspirational speaking. Love and it. I remember that even when I jumped out of corporate and I began that journey, um, I still was unhappy with the life coaching aspect yeah. and a lot of people would say to me and, and this is so funny you'll appreciate this P people close to me would go you're a life coach you're not supposed to get annoyed by <laughs> your clients or you're not supposed to go. be negative or you can't have fear Sure. And I found myself going, why can't I? I'm a human being, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and totally. So hearing your story and finding out that you were a pastor in your, in your former job before becoming yeah. an entrepreneur, I actually have even more respect for you. And I honestly think that you resonate even more with me because many people will still go, well, how the heck were you cutting yourself? Why were yeah. you upset? Why were you negative? You totally. were a pastor. So... Take me through that. I didn't know we were going to go here, but can, can you walk Definitely. us through that before we dive into the other stuff? I think that's really important for us to help sure. people understand what, you know, what became the genesis for you becoming an entrepreneur. How did you break out of that whole lifestyle and career and into this work without judging yourself? Yeah. Well, it is a, it is a wild story. So um, I really believe that... God put within each one of us uh, a voice. And I believe that when you have that voice blocked, when you have it um, caged, that it needs to come out. It comes out in energy. And it can come out in positive energy or negative energy. And for me, um, I kind of have this thing about me where my wife knows me, knows me well. When I'm alive and creative, and at a good at a good place, I call it connected with your creator, your core, and your community. When when I'm in alignment, amazing things happen. But when I'm out of alignment, whether it was the self injury season, whether it was being imprisoned by my day job, that energy comes out in negative forms. And in the book, Bernie, I talk about this quite a bit. How literally, I know this is a very strong statement. But literally, day jobs are killing people. And that sounds crazy until you look at the stats. And the stats are crazy. Like, in other words, 34% um, of people right now have stress-related illnesses um, 
that are in connection with their day jobs. Um, these stats about people who feel like they're going to burn out in the next two years in their day job. Burn out. Think about that. Burn out. Even that language, that term is like amazing. Like we're light, we're, we're, and yet they're going to burn out and, and go into darkness in the next two years. Uh, heart attacks are the highest on Monday mornings. Male sides are the highest on Sunday nights when people think about going back to their day jobs. So I don't have to go through all these stats, but the point is that when we feel stuck and we're not able to progress, something in us dies. And for me, I say it like this. You begin numbing your pain because pain is the universal emotion. Um, people think it's love. There's plenty of people that have never experienced love in their life. Pain is what actually unites us. But here's what I say. Pain is inevitable. Misery is a choice. I know that's deep, but let's unpack wow. it. Yeah, pain is inevitable. Misery is a choice. In other words, we think that there's this myth that like, oh, I'm going to get to the spot in my life where I have no pain. I don't believe that. Here's what I do believe. You can have acute pain or you can have chronic pain. You're going to be holding in your hands, Bernie, a book called Day Job to Dream Job. It's, I don't know, 220 pages. Was it a pain to write? Absolutely. You know, when the weather was nice out there and when, when uh, there were things to do and distractions I could have done, it was pain to sit down and, and write this book. But here's what I know. It was acute pain, meaning short-term, intentional, purposeful. Many entrepreneurs that, that, that are wannabe entrepreneurs or people that are stuck, they're in their day jobs, and instead of acute pain, they tolerate chronic pain. And that's what I was doing, Bernie. I was in this environment, this day job, where I had dreams that I kept bumping up against. And I, I would get calls. I would get calls saying, hey, Carrie, can you go speak in Canada? You know, you have these other books you've written. And I'd be like, oh, hang on. You know, go check with my boss. Can I? Nope, nope, not this time. Sorry, I can't. You know, and, and what's, what's interesting is it wasn't a bad day job. You know, please hear me out. But... I knew that I wasn't fully emerging, and and that was enough to say there's something more. Jeez, oh my goodness! I, I think I'm I'm almost glad that the video didn't allow my video to be on because <laughs> I I'm getting a little emotional here. But it is a very good thing. It's a very very good thing because I know we're talking about being brave in entrepreneurship, right? And I know we're talking about leaving the day job to go to your dream job but for me uh, on top of that I was in a emotionally turbulent marriage for 10 mm -hmm. years wow. and Carrie I've been out of it now for 11 I've been out of it longer than I okay. was actually in it but here's the wow. interesting thing it wasn't until this year when I wrote my first book that I was actually launching this month next week to be exact awesome. um, that I finally realized back to this whole you know, analogy of prison that that I had allowed myself to be imprisoned emotionally and mentally because I was still almost in a sense seeking external validation wow. from the ex and the family. You know, the the whole I still need to prove that I was a good enough 
you know, daughter-in-law, mm-hmm. mother, wife, everything. And it's been 21 years. <laughs> so, wow. so this really strikes a chord with me. And, and, I, and I, like I said, I'm getting a little emotional because everything you say is just so spot on. Um, repeat that quote again about the pain because yeah. that really hit me hard. Yeah, yeah. It's um, pain is inevitable. Misery is a choice. Oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and and that one isn't my own, but I'll tell you what. Um, it, here's one that is my own, and it's right online with it. Uh, when you numb your pain, you numb your potential. Here's what I mean by that. So many people go through life, and they know that their heart, their heart for love, their heart for their dream job, that's a place of pain. Because let's face it, when you love, you open yourself up. Because now that person can reject you, that person can pass away, and you can get hurt. Your dream job, similarly, you can love to want to do this dream job, but you might run into obstacles, you might have problems with funding. And so what people do, Bernie, is they say, it is too hard to feel. It's too hard to be alive. And so instead of what I'll do is I'll basically numb it slowly over time and people use substances people use addictions people use reality TV to say hey my life's boring my life doesn't have anything to, to, to show let's go let's go watch somebody else's dysfunctional life because right. at least I feel better about myself right and and people use food and all kinds of things in fact Bernie one of the things people do um, you know I'm, I'm a middle-aged guy or whatever, that's the um, mo- that's the biggest demographic for video game addiction is, is middle-aged men who should be out there invested in their families if they have them or building their dream and yet they're on this alternative reality where they get a new name and they get a new profile and avatar and and now they have a, a community, and I'm not I'm not against gamers or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying if you don't show up in your life, there's something wrong. That's extremely powerful. You say that because when I started, um, and I told you my quick backstory, but when I first started, yeah. I wanted to help women like me who were you know either divorced or just struggling in a marriage and had ten hats uh, to wear, and it, it was very challenging for them to get through without help because you know we strong mothers and women have the tendency yeah. to not ask for help, right? But I ended up attracting middle-aged men who <laughs> were unfulfilled with their very successful life and job, and wow. they needed help navigating their way out of that to have more purpose and meaning in life and so it's it's crazy to think that but at the same time now that I know six you know plus years later these are the people who want the most help at least from people like me I get it now I completely get it so that totally resonates with me what you just said right there and here's no please please no please go ahead I just had another question Um, but please continue I think that I used to think that people thought um, life was too hard, and that's why they chose video games, right? Life's too hard. I'll go. What I've learned from my study ar- around the people who actually create the games is that life's too easy, and video games are hard. Now I know that sounds crazy. Wow! Is that crazy? <laughs> blown away. <laughs> yeah, I was blown away wow. too when I came across that. But here's why. 
because video games speak the truth. You talk to young people, and they will tell you when they suck on their video games, it says epic fail. Yeah. But when they're in their jobs, people say, ah, oh, you did great. They gossip behind their back. In other words, jobs, I've heard this from so many people, so many guys and gals who are successful at their jobs, they can do that in their sleep. It's easy. They want something more difficult, and they want to be part of building something that's bigger than them. And many times video games are the things that allow them to build something awesome in a community setting. Again, again, I'm not against gaming, but I'm saying that I think in life, Bernie, you're a coach, I'm a coach. Um, uh, I believe it was Emerson who said our chief desire in life is to find somebody who will force us to do what we can. I used to think of what we can't, but what we can. In other words, okay. that we have this huge desire to have somebody strong around us who beats the crap out of us and pushes <laughs> us and forces us to, to do what we can. Just like Andy and Shawshank. Andy was the one, this is another deep thought, Bernie, but check it out. Andy was the one who was imprisoned on the outside, but free on the inside. Yeah. Okay, that's why he walked around, Morgan Freeman says, like a man in a park with a stroll. Andy was the one who played Mozart and broke into the PA system. He's the one who was free on the inside, even though in prison on the outside. The other prisoners, like Brooks, the old guy, he actually got out of jail, and he was free on the outside, but he's the one who hung himself because he was imprisoned on the inside. I tell people in Day Job to Dream Job that the process of going pro, the process of actually doing what you love full time, is one of you becoming a person worthy of your dream job. Let me give you a quick example. Do you know right now, Bernie, you can go on eBay and buy an Olympic gold medal for $19,000? Okay? Oh, my goodness. I did not yeah. know you could do that. Yeah. So you can do that. You can go online and buy an Olympic gold medal for $19,000. Guess what? If you and I did that, it would do nothing for us because we didn't have to accomplish anything. We didn't have to transform into anything. We just simply bought an Olympic gold medal. An Olympic gold medal for Michael Phelps is completely different because he actually became the person worthy of the gold medal and then was awarded it. In the pursuit of day job to dream job, I actually help people become the person worthy of their dream job. In other words, if somebody just said to me, Carrie, here's three million bucks, go do your dream job. Do you know that I probably would have failed? Because I didn't have to do anything. I didn't have to learn about risk and struggle and, and adventure. I actually became a person, a different person, by looking at my day job and saying, oh my gosh, I'm going to turn down uh, private school education, health insurance, salary, titles, community, photocopiers, you know, all those things, <laughs> staplers, lights, uh, office. I'm going to turn down all of that and I'm actually going to jump and and with a plan, because that's the other thing I say, Bernie, Andy went from prison to plan to payoff. Too many entrepreneurs jump without a plan, and, and, and they really need to first get that plan, and then they can go from prison to plan to payoff, just like Andy did.
Oh my goodness. Oh my gosh. So my heart's pounding because I'm like, yeah. this this is definitely really resonating with me, which means that I know it is for the community too. I mean, we've interviewed over 100 entrepreneurs here wow. in the past 18 months, Carrie, and it, it it's so funny because it started out as, hey, let's just, my, my co-host and I at the time, Phil, we're like, hey, let's just have a conversation. Let, let's let the audience be a fly on the wall. Let's let them hear what we talk about so that they know that they're not alone, that we get scared too every single week and that's why we're, we're here for each other. That's why we need each other. And week by week, the conversations became so, gosh, so deep and, yeah. and it caused Phil and me to both even shed our own layers wow. and as we brought on the third guest, which you know would be someone like you, and we all three were having these candid conversations, this the show, as I tell everybody, it it. It, it you know it took on a life of its own, Carrie. It, it really it's did. Awesome. I I feel like the show needed to to be put to life, and I was hand in that. But it chose me to birth it, really. Wow. Because now all I'm continuing to do is amplifying the stories of people like you who were still scared but brave enough to fight through that fear anyway. And so with that, the next question I have for you, I think it's a very important one because now I really want us to unpackage sure. what you've been up to and what you've been doing. But if you could take us through what was that moment of reckoning for you, Carrie, and then yeah. walk us through after that, how did you come to sit in the the cell that Andy from Shawshank Redemption sat in to start writing yeah. this book. So please feel free to take us through that story. I'm so glad you asked that question because I totally remember the moment. There were two moments that were incredibly important. One was in my um, in my faith community. Um, they kind of have this tradition where sometimes they appoint a successor and they basically say, okay, you're the next one who's going to lead the whole church. And they came to me and said, we want you to be the successor, but the thing is, we're not going to put you in that position for another 10 years. Oh, and geez. they said, they said, will you do this? So now here I am thinking, oh my gosh, um, I know it's not in my heart uh, to do this. It's not my calling, even though that sounds unspiritual or crazy. I just knew it wasn't. And yet, if I tell them that I'm not the guy, they could say, well, you're out. you know. And I got nothing. I have nothing as a fallback plan. I mean, I got a master's and a doctorate in, in theology. What do I know about business or anything like that? And so I remember being so fearful. And I called my coach. And um, first of all, I, I told them no. Um, and, and I just said, if you need to fire me, fire me. But they said, no, if you can be here and still be engaged... Um, you can remain uh, on staff. And so I stayed and I remained on staff. And I got really serious, though. Here's the thing. I got really serious about uh, strategy, business, um, entrepreneur, uh, all kinds of stuff. I just started to consume all these things. Here's the thing, though, Bernie. Life was going great then. I had a long leash. I was the man, you know, where I was helping people. And um, everything was cool. Everything was cool. And then my coach calls me out of the blue in May of 2012. And he says, how you doing, man? I said, oh, I'm doing great. He says, I see you on Facebook. Looks like you're speaking here. Looks like you're still at the church. Looks like everything's going great. I'm like, oh, yeah, man, everything is great. This is awesome. 
and he's like, well, does your church, um, is your church happy with you? I said, yeah, yeah, they think everything's great. Is your wife happy? Awesome. She feels, you know, secure and everything's great. And she, he says, is God happy? And I'm like, dang. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. And, and he says, um, he says this quote, Bernie, that unless you're a Lord of the Rings fan, you won't get it, but I'll explain it for those people that aren't, okay? He says, um, Carrie, you can't take the ring and stay in the Shire. Now, I don't know if you're a Lord of the Rings fan. If you're not, you're like, what? The Shire represented this place of solace, peace, comfort. It's where all the hobbits hung out. And most hobbits hated adventure. They hated to do anything risky. The Shire, it's like this home. And he said, you can't take the ring, meaning the ring, the ring that was going to be a tough journey, a tough battle. He'd have to dig deep. He'd have to face enemies. You can't take the ring and stay in the Shire. I knew exactly what he meant. And he said this. He said, Carrie, you coach people, and your clients are going to see that you're a phony. You're an imposter. You're telling them to live life, and you're not living life. I'll tell you what, Bernie. I felt like throwing up. Wow. I felt like throwing up because I knew that was that was it. Somebody called me out. Somebody was was, you know, truthful. We call them truth tellers. Someone was a truth teller for me to call me out and say, "I see a big gap," and that gap is that you know what? You're only half alive, and you're safe, and you're secure and you're going to live the rest of your life in that environment and reach the end, and what? Congratulate that you finished, even though you didn't live a life of passion and adventure. So, Bernie, I was sick to my stomach. I felt like throwing up for three days because I knew the next time I met with my boss, I was going to have to tell him I'm done. I was going to have to actually resign. And after 12 years, uh, who knows what? Maybe get kicked to the curb, maybe whatever. But that that was authenticity for me. Yeah. You want to hear the rest of the story? Oh my gosh! I <laughs> you're just gonna keep hearing me go, wow! Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah. Throughout this whole conversation, and and I know it's it's a lot for us to unpackage, and you know the few minutes we do sure, have left. Sure, but sure. but I would love for you to now segue into okay, so obviously you escaped the prison. It, it sounds yeah. like right, yeah. and you ended up you ended up writing this awesome book, you know, from from day job to dream job. But but I think the most important part of the book is how you started it. Can you take yeah. us through that story? Tell us how the heck you ended up at that, you know, the yeah. same prison in Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. I'd love to hear that story. So I'm not from Ohio originally. I have no idea, you know, what's beyond Columbus really. And so here I am watching Shawshank Redemption one night and late one night. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that is such a metaphor. And you mentioned marriage. People identify with that movie for lots of reasons. Maybe it's a divorce, maybe it's a day job, maybe it's a sick child. But it represents, Shawshank does, this place of hopelessness, this place of, of just life crushing you for whatever reason. And I'm watching that video and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. This is me. This is like me stuck in a prison um, and I want to get out, but I don't know how to get out. And I kind of processed the whole movie that night through my current circumstances, which I think observant people should do. They should process what they see uh, instead of just being consumers. They should be, you know, critical thinkers. So 
I'll tell you what. I jump online, and I'm like, wow, I wonder where that place is. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's 90 minutes from my house. This is crazy. So get this, Bernie. Um, I had the book contract, and I knew I was going to write this book. I actually changed it. I, I went to my publisher, and I said, we got to chuck the other book. This is what I'm this is where I'm at. This is what I'm struggling with. Can I have your permission, even though you guys have signed me for another topic? And they're like, yeah, absolutely. So I go up there, and the people there are so nice, okay? Um, Ohio Reformatory. It's a, it's a historical um, landmark now. I go up there, and I'm like, hey, I want to write this book, and, and here's the topic, and here's what I'm going to do. And I want to write it inside the prison because to me, now that I'm free and on the outside and I have my dream job, I want to go back into the cell and I want to see the bars and I want to feel the oppression because that's what 86% of people right now feel in respect to their day jobs. And so I knew I had to write from a place of captivity. And they're like, absolutely, here's the Wi-Fi password. Go, you know, go into the cell, take as long as you want. And so I went back several times and, and wrote that book. And, and check this out now. A year later, I become really tight with those people. I actually have dream job boot camps where I now take other people into those cells. And we do what's called your dream jobber plan. And it's a nine-step plan that we create for you, with you, where you break free. Because many people have the desire to break free, but they don't know how. But then get this, Bernie, I'll close with this. Um, in August, uh, don't know when people are watching this, but in 2014, August, um, I get to go back and I get to speak at the 20th anniversary um, wow. uh, celebration of Shawshank. And I get to get this. I get to not only whatever sign books, but on Sunday morning, I get to do a little event called Church at Shawshank, where I take people from prison to plan to pay off in their own life, spiritually and physically. And get this, you know, I left the pastorate, <laughs> and now I'm preaching in Shawshank, doing, <laughs> doing church at Shawshank. Isn't that the funniest thing you ever oh heard? Oh my gosh, Carrie. You know, I have got goosebumps from the head, my, my head to toe. I mean, seriously, it, this is absolutely amazing. This, and this comes up in conversation quite a bit that I have sure. with people here on the show and, and also in the shows that I get interviewed on. But, Carrie, isn't it always interesting how... And you you opened up our conversation today with this premise too. Isn't it interesting how we we work on a career, we're there for a while, we we end up not really liking who we are or not being happy with sure. our circumstance, so we leave it, right? We kick it to the curb, we take that leap, we do something else, but we find ourselves using the skills and the expertise that we learned from that previous thing. And then we realize maybe it wasn't that thing that wow. I actually disliked, right? Maybe I just didn't like who I was because I wasn't re reaching my full potential or maybe because wow. I, I hadn't quite lived yet. But I hear that in your story as well. And I just find that intriguing. But at the same time, I'm not surprised anymore. <laughs> this yeah, comes up yeah. in conversation all the time. But now... You get to I do what you did before. And, and, and on top of that, it's an awesome movie, and I'm sure it's one of oh, your favorites, yeah. oh, right? Yeah, and who would have thunk, you know, 10-plus years ago, you could sit there and find yourself saying, yeah, and I'm going to deliver a speech at a 20th year anniversary of <laughs> I mean, what? 
<laughs> never, never. And and I think you made a great point, Bernie, and that is that all everything we go through is a preparation. It is. And not to not to despise the the prison cell that we're in, because um, we're there for a reason, and it makes break it makes freedom so much more enjoyable when yeah. you do get out. And on top of that, I would also say that you wouldn't have your story to tell. You wouldn't have the story to tell about leaving the day job and having your dream job and getting to do all this amazing work helping others do the same. I wouldn't have my story to tell about how right. I left an emotionally turbulent marriage and a job that sucked the life out of me. But now I resonate with people. They can relate to that because they've been through it too with the people that I help. And I, and I think that we can't discount the value in being able to tell these stories because of the experiences we've been through, Carrie. And I have one more big question for you. It's the magic sure. question of the hour before we close up and share with everybody what you're, sure. what you're doing. But right now, as you sit there in your comfortable bed yeah. <laughs> and here yeah, in, my, in my home office, um, what are you afraid of right now? Yeah. I'm afraid of... Um, Resting in success. In other words, becoming complacent. You know, now that we've had crazy success and we just praise God for it and we have a great community and it's called the Igniting Souls Tribe and it's two international teams from all kinds of countries. You know, the thought is that you get safe. Um, here's what I know, Bernie, that many people who reach success, they play life so that they don't lose instead of playing life to win. Does that make sense? Yeah. You yeah. can become, um, I see it in sports teams all the time, and I'm sure you do too. A team gets up, a team gets high in score, and then they say, oh, let's play so we don't lose this thing. And you're like, how in the world did you get 20 points up? It's because you wanted it. You got hungry. You kept playing. You didn't rest. You didn't just chill. And I'm all for rest. I'm all for um, relaxation and being centered. But I, I think that playing safe is not something I want to do. And so I, I guess you could say I'm scared to do be that. But I have truth tellers in my life that will, will kick my butt. Well, that's fantastic. And I love that. I love that the strategy is surround yourself with people who won't let you get caught up in that trap. And even if you do, it's okay. Forgive yourself, get sure. through it, and carry on. And and I, I recently talked to somebody who, um, actually, I think I just published her podcast episode wow. today on the Shut Up Show, and she said to me, uh, the word failure doesn't re you know, uh, register the way it used to be defined before. Now she sees it as it's a lesson. So now when Love she it. sees failure, she's like, oh, that's another lesson I've learned. Love it. That's awesome. So with that said, I think one of the most important questions I'm going to ask you to close up here with, which, by the way, thank you so much. I, I've kept yeah. you longer than, than we uh, expected to, but I've just been blown away. I, I told you, I've got goosebumps. My heart's pumping in my chest. <laughs> I'm, I'm inspired, empowered, motivated, and deeply touched by the story you shared and how insightful and 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 courageous this awesome. story is going to be for the people who are going to watch this show when it gets published. So thank you so much for that, Carrie. But to close up here, the most important thing is I want you to pimp out you and your work. <laughs> so okay. where is the best place for people to find you? But if you do have a project or something that you're sure. working on, please also feel free to share that here as we close yeah. up. 
Well, I'll tell you what. Um, my passion in life is igniting souls. Okay, so Ferdinand Foch said that the most powerful weapon on earth is the human soul on fire. And so I believe that to be a soul on fire, you need to know three things. Who am I? Why am I here? And where am I going? I say identity, purpose, and context. And Bernie, all of my projects center around that. It's discovering who you are, it's discovering why you're here, and it's discovering where you should invest your life. And day job to dream job is that third question. It's that third piece of, of your context. And so what I have is I have dream job boot camp. My team and I, I talk to them. I'm like, we need to get this thing out to the world. And so we just crazy slash the price. And uh, with this book launch, it's only for a few weeks. But basically when people go to day job to dream job, well, I'm sure you'll put, you'll, you'll put links in the yes. show notes. Yes, when, when people click on that link that, that you're going to put in there, it will take them to the book. Um, they get the book for over half off. So, I mean, we even took Amazon's price for like, you know. And so you get the book for over half off. Not only that, I give people uh, 200 pages of Dream Job Boot Camp totally free. Um, other bonuses that, that are just sweet. And then if I, my goal is that people begin to know, like, and trust me just like our chat today. And then they want to jump in. I love to coach people in, in uh, small groups. And that's where the magic happens. Just like my coach uh, beat the junk out of me that one day. That that's what coaching does. So Bernie, thanks so much, and it was a, a blessing to be with you today. Thank you, and I'll make sure if you'd be so kind to grace us with your presence again. I'll make sure to have you back because um, I have a feeling that there is so much going on in your life that we'll have way more to talk about uh, after awesome. today. <laughs> Thank you. So, totally. Carrie, thank you again for joining us here on the Shut Up Show. And folks, we will see you next week. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Shut Up Show. The Shut Up Show is sponsored by The Amazing Cells. That's S-E-L-Z dot com. Seriously simple selling. Get instant access to download a free copy of our 18-page ebook, The Solopreneur's Guide for Shutting Up and Making Shit Happen. Simply go to our website at theshutupshow.com slash subscribe and join other brave entrepreneurs who are shutting up and making shit happen. If you believe in The Shut Up Show and this platform has helped you shut up and make shit happen, please head on over to iTunes, search for The Shut Up Show in the podcast section, and leave us an honest star rating and review. Your feedback will help us to gauge what we're doing well and where we need to continue to improve. The ratings and reviews help us to continue to bring on amazing sponsors like Cells so that we can deliver weekly episodes to you for free. So your feedback does matter. Thank you for helping us and supporting us.